You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Her Money is supported by Fidelity Investments. Together, we're here to empower, educate, and encourage women to start talking about money. Discover more at fidelity.com slash it's time. Her Money comes to you through PRX. Hi, it's Jean Jatsky, and welcome to Her Money. I don't think my team and my, my small team, who everybody who listens to this podcast knows, Kelly and Hayden and Ellie, our summer intern, I don't think my small team has been as excited for an episode of this show in a very long time because they all, like so many of you, grew up with our guest, Bobby Brown. Oh, that who, makes me sound so old. No, you know what? I, I've been having this experience lately where people come up to me and they're like, oh, I grew up with you on the Today Show. And yeah. that's exactly how it makes me feel. Like, ancient. Right. But, we're, but we're really young. We are, we are really, really young. young. Because we are the youngest we're going to be. That, oh, that's right. That's a really good way yeah. to put it. But they all, when they were teenagers, right. read your books mm-hmm. on beauty and it made them feel confident and beautiful, and they're all wearing their Bobby products. Aww. And so, thank you That's for so being nice. here. I, I appreciate it. It's been a really, really amazing journey. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And we've known each other a long time, a really long time, because I used to do the beauty on the Today Show, and uh, yeah, and we always had a lot of similarities. You know, I was I was a few steps ahead of you. Yep. So I was doing the college thing when you were doing the bar mitzvah thing, and. So, uh, you know, we don't, I don't have any married kids yet, so we're not there yet. We, you know, my stepson is engaged. So I will, wow. I know we're, Aww. we're looking at a wedding in October. That's so cool. Of 2018. So uh, cool. Very, very Congrats. exciting. Congrats. But you have been on a real life altering journey the past year. So just take us back. We know because we read about it in the newspapers that you left Bobby Brown, the the company that bears your name. Right. And now you said you're doing everything. So what is everything and and what's going on? Right. So I left in October. And for someone that is not um, used to sitting still and not used to using my brain, my creativity, I didn't take a month. I didn't take, you know, six months. I literally took three days and I started reaching out to different people and things started coming up. And luckily for me that my newest book, which we'll talk about, um, needed to be promoted and it was a whole different message, but it really set me up for a lot of really interesting things. And one of the first things I did is do a partnership with Lord and Taylor uh, on these concept shops. What did that mean? They basically said, whatever you want to do, we're such huge fans, you could do it. And so we set up these six concept shops in Lord & Taylor that are all lifestyle, uh, things that I love, things that are interesting. Well, and I've seen them, and they're a curated collection of products that you don't necessarily make. You just would like or would wear or would use or appreciate the design. And it's been really interesting because it's, you know, I'm I'm always jeans and a t-shirt and sneakers and really simple. So there's all of those things. Red sneakers today, by the way. Those are great. I'm not sure why, but they, you know, it's, I don't know why, but I'm wearing red today. But mostly it's, I'm so much about lifestyle. I'm so busy. I'm so overloaded. So to be able to find things that work, 
is really helpful. So I like to share that. But there's also vitamins in the shop and really cool headphones and notebooks and inspirational things. And and constantly there's a turnover. So for someone that's visually creative, you know, certainly overwhelmed, I just it's a really fun project for me. And and what else is on your radar? So I've also, you know, been doing a lot of, for some reason, I've just been more of a talking head than ever because people are really interested right now in, you know, the being an entrepreneur, founding a company. Growing the company. Growing the company and then reinventing. And, you know, for me, my mentor in life is a man named Mickey Drexler, who is now on his own path. The invention. Mickey Drexler, for people who don't know, ran The Gap, ran J. Crew, And just recently, after Jenna Lyons left J. Crew, he announced that he was leaving J. Crew. Right. And so he's been amazing to me because he, I mean, for years he's been saying he left The Gap when he was 60. And he always said to me, you're going to go when you're 60. And I'm like, Mickey, you don't know what you're talking about. I'm not ready. And I did. I went when I was 60. He was right. Oh, I also, I guess I was 59 at the time because I turned 60 this year, which is insane. I can't believe it. <laughs> yeah. You look yeah. about 40. 48, maybe 52. But, you know, after my two vodka on the rocks last night, I look about 58 today. <laughs> but, um, but, it, but it was worth it. <laughs> so what did he tell you about reinvention this time around? Well, you know, the amazing thing about Mickey and his advice is, you know, Mickey's not someone that does well when people tell him what he can and cannot do. I am very similar to that. I have so many incredible ideas and so many connections and just I need to constantly not just put them out there, but to really bring them home and make sure that they're working. Because for a creative person, I'm also really practical and really business savvy. So the combination of everything needs to happen. And what Mickey really said is when you have a clean slate and you could do, I can't do any, everything, but I could do almost everything. Go for it and just see where your desires are. And that's where I'm at. That sounds great. So you mentioned the new book, right? I think the new book is sort of phase one of this new revolution that you're starting and, and it's beauty from the inside out, which, which was written, like... was written before I left. I knew I was leaving the company. So so you were you were preparing for it. Well, I just I've always believed in not just what you put on your face to make you look better, but how you live your life. If you're a nice person, if you're a good person, certainly if you take care of yourself, the right food, the right vitamins, the right exercise, when to meditate. I haven't gotten that yet. But I think I all, haven't either. Right. It's I, on my list. It is. David Bach. I don't know if you know David mm. from he did financial segments with me for a while on the Today Show. And he was here. He just took a sabbatical. And he was talking about meditation, which he's now doing twice a day. Everybody's talking about meditation. I always say process. I when something happens, I like to process. So maybe that's my own way of meditating, how I deal with all the ridiculous amount of things that fly at me every day. As everyone has, I process things before I move forward. But meditation is definitely on my list. So the book for me is just an amazing platform to talk about what's really important in life. So as you think about beauty from the inside out, I'm having 
I'm having a little bit of a flashback because uh-huh. when we first met, I think I asked you what the secret was, right. and you said drinking lots of water. And and, it's, and, and it's I drink is. a lot of water yeah. to this day because you told me Aww. to drink a lot of water. But it's honestly, it's being hydrated because you know you might think you look bad when you look in the mirror, and women look in the mirror and they say, "Oh my God, I look bad. I better run to the plastic surgeon or dermatologist and shoot something in my face." No, it just means you need to stop. Get a different mirror, look in different light, and, you know, take a chill pill. Go exercise, hydrate yourself, drink water. You know, don't run to try to alter the way you look just because you're tired. What other factors go into not just being beautiful, but feeling beautiful and feeling confident? I know my team thinks of you as the confidence guru because that's how you've made them feel. Mm -hmm. And in part, it was you know, I think it for them came from your approach to right. makeup, which was makeup that didn't make you look like you were wearing makeup. Right. It just made you look like a better you. Right. Well, that's always been my motto and my philosophy is be who you are. You know, for years, the cosmetics industry would tell people, you could be this, you could do this. No, you already are, by the way. Be who you are. You can't change it. Be a better version of yourself. And I have really learned that confidence comes from one thing being comfortable in your skin. And if you don't feel good, you're not going to do your best work. You're not going to take care of your kids the right way. You're not going to be the best worker. You're not going to be the most creative, the most brilliant. Health and wellness is honestly the secret to everything. I saw a woman today sitting in a wheelchair, really overweight, oxygen with a cigarette in her hand. Oh my goodness. And smoking and not breathing. And I, I was like, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of stories there that we don't even want to go. But it's like, guys, you've got to take care of yourself. If you smoke, you got to quit. Yeah. If you don't wear sunscreen, put it on. It's those simple things that make a difference in life. And the habits, and, right? And it's the drinking habits. a lot of water, the right. getting up and moving, doing right. your, you know, even if you're not going to go to the right. gym, it's walking around the block. Right. I've started, you know, wearing an Apple Watch and I walk 10, 12,000 steps a day. Harley Pasternak, you know, the, the celebrity trainer told me, if you want to lose weight, you got to walk 12,000 steps. You know, just like you learned the water thing. Now I think of Harley whenever I'm looking at my watch and it's not easy to walk 12,000 steps. I mean, it's, an, it's two hours of walking, if not more. Right. Unless you're in Europe and you're like wandering yes. around and touring the cities or in New York for right. people who are traveling here, then it's then it's really easy. Definitely. But otherwise, it requires get up and walk 10 minutes every hour. And I have a friend who's really, really thin. He's a, It's a man. And he, we always compare our steps. He's got, even if we are in the same place doing the same thing, he's got so many more than me because he's the guy that gets up and do you want more water? He's the guy that gets up and puts things in the dishwasher. Those things actually all add into it. Yeah. My co-author, I have a, a book out now called Age Proof, which is about uh, living yes, longer uh, without running out of money or breaking a hip. And my co-author is a guy, Mike Roizen, who's a doctor at the right. Cleveland Clinic. He always has 16, 17,000 steps a day. And that's right. that's it. He's just the energizer bunny. He's always going. Right. So you have to figure out what foods work for you. There's no cookie cutter anything. And it's not about the paleo diet, the juice cleanse. It's not about any of it. You know, Oprah could eat bread. I can't eat bread. Like everybody is different. It's figuring out what works for you. I'm going to take a breather and remind everybody that this wonderful conversation and the show Her Money is brought to you by Fidelity Investments. And Fidelity is focused on all of these concepts that Bobby is talking about on helping us become our best selves and 
one of the ways to do that is just by taking charge of your financial life. Money is the tool that makes it all possible. So visit fidelity.com slash it's time. You'll find more conversations like this one with Bobby Brown. You'll find information about how to manage your money during life's biggest events and most challenging times, whether you're getting married or divorced or starting a new career. And again, that is fidelity.com slash it's time. So summer is for many, many kids, particularly those kids who are just coming out of college, a time when they are stressed out. I mean, I my son was home last summer before he got his job in LA and he just was having this feeling like he needed to get started on life immediately. And I was reminded of this story that you told me once about how your mother said to you, don't think about what you want to do for the rest of your life. She said, think about what you want to do today. Is that the same advice that you're still giving kids who are thinking about what the hell am I going to do with the next 40 years? Well, absolutely. Because if you have a job that you've taken just because you want to be rich, because you want to make money, you might be going to this job every day and being really unhappy. But if you find what you love and what your passion is, and not everyone can play an instrument. You know, I was someone that loved makeup, and I went in that direction. But even if you a lawyer, an accountant, why don't you go work for a firm that is something with your interest? You know, it, work in the music business, work in the – if you're a sports guy, you know, work for the NFL, work for – so it's really about finding what's going to make you happy in life. So what did you do all those years ago when your mom said that to you, figure out what you want to do today? Well, I actually found Emerson College, and I they let me design my own major. So I really learned entrepreneurship, but I majored in theatrical makeup and minored in photography. And I learned at Emerson what you put into something is what you get out of it. But the best financial advice I ever got, because numbers and I are not friends, but the best advice I ever got was from my father. He, as a graduation present, told me he would pay my rent for a year when I moved to New York, which at the time was $450, but it was a lot of money then. And he gave me a budget of what to spend every month, and I couldn't stick to it. And I called him up. I said, Dad, I can't stick to this budget. And he said, well, don't stick to it. Just figure out how you're going to make more money. Okay, Dad. So I did. It's amazing. I did the same thing. My rent was only $400, but I was living in Brooklyn. So Brooklyn uh, wasn't very trendy yeah. at that point. <laughs> but I got a job on the side teaching right. SATs. These days, the hot major at many, many colleges is entrepreneurship. Right, which so, is really hard to spell, by the way. And say. Yeah. <laughs> if, you are, if you are somebody who's thinking, yeah, I really don't want to work for somebody else. I want to do my own thing. What do you tell the people that you're advising? Well, I usually tell kids when they're in school to go work for someone just so you know you don't want to work in a big corporation. Because also it's a mistake for kids to think, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm just going to put a label on a bottle and start selling it or I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that. Well, you don't even know what it means to arrive on time in the morning, what it means to dress properly. What So it's really important to get that experience. If you're lucky enough as an inter, you know, to be an intern, you might have it. But I tell all entrepreneurs and all people that want their own businesses, get as much experience as you can and volunteer. 
You know, I tell a lot of young makeup artists, go call your local salon, call your local retirement community and go volunteer and just give back and get more experience that way. As you look at the landscape of entrepreneurship, I mean, do you think it's an easier time to launch a business today? Do you think with the Internet being a vehicle to sell everything? Is I it- do. I do. I think that it's fascinating. And I think about when I launched my first lipstick 27 years ago, I sold it to friends. And I happened to meet a woman at a party who told me she was a cosmetics buyer at Bergdorf. And that's how I got the line in Bergdorf. You know, I I had no clue. But today, you really all you have to do is do social media, you know, hopefully get on interviewed on a blog. I mean, start your own blog. There's so many amazing ways. And I think that's only going to get more popular and, and bigger and bigger. So I do think if I was launching a company tomorrow, besides selling it on Amazon, which would be another way to do it. I would absolutely do it direct to consumer through social media. And are you launching a company tomorrow? I'm working on a bunch of different projects. Um, you know, nothing I could talk about on air at the moment, but I'm working on a few different things. And one of the things I'm really excited about is a hotel that I am decorating in um, and designing in Montclair. It's a it's my husband's hotel that he's developing, and so I've been involved. You know, start to finish with the experience of the hotel, how the hotel looks, bring in a lot of partnerships and, you know, working on some products. The hotel is called The George. I opened up the Instagram. My kid says it's the worst Instagram. <laughs> so I'm just putting up because I believe that the social media tell is such a great way to tell stories. And I'm very photo um, friendly when it comes to that. My sister-in-law, Allison, has this new line of fabrics called the Kettlewell Collection uh-huh. that I'm going to show you before huh. you leave here because they're I need to make beautiful. Pillows. Yeah. And they, they're very hotel-friendly, huh. I think. Okay. Yeah. Right. I've traveled so much with my husband, and we used to stay in the big, fancy hotels, and then we just got tired of it. You know, we really like to stay in the small boutique hotels, and I really know what it is to be comfortable So I'm calling it a lifestyle hotel. I love that. So when you check in, you know, little, little teeny things. Can I bring my dog? Uh, We have dog beds. I haven't picked (laughs) picked the fabric yet, but absolutely. (laughs) And when I get there, you know what? I want to make a cup of tea. I don't want to order room service or walk downstairs. I want to make my own tea. Do you know why you want to make your own tea? Because I was in Vegas on Monday morning. Tuesday morning, you know, when you travel mm-hmm. like that, you just lose track of what. I was in Vegas on Tuesday morning up at 3.30 because uh, I had come from the East Coast and who right. can sleep, right? right? So I called downstairs. They, Vegas supposed to be up all night. And I right. said, I was going to get up and work because I was up. I said, can I, is there a coffee bar that's open? Can I go down and get a cup of coffee? And they said, no, not until six, but you can order room service for a cup of coffee, a small pot of coffee. Actually, I think I got a large pot of coffee. Coffee and raisin bran, Uh $37. Right. $37. Like, that's insane. I would have made it myself. Right. Exactly. I was so angry. I love when you stay at a hotel and you have the Nespresso machine and you can make it yourself. And, you know, really cool hotels will have a little bit of, you know, almond milk or coconut milk in the fridge instead of, you know, I hope Coffee Mate's not a sponsor, but those little teeny Coffee <laughs> Mate things. I hate those little teeny they're, things. You know, they're not really good for you. Um, so all of those things are under consideration, and it's only 12 miles from the city, so I'm hoping that people will stay at the hotel because it's a beautiful place to stay. And Is we'll, it open yet? No, it'll be open in September. September, Fair. October. 
Very, very yeah. exciting. All right, last question. You have raised a house full of boys. Yes. We talked about your son who's 27. You've got one in college with my daughter. If you had a daughter, what advice would you give her about money today? Well, I would certainly tell her do a better job than I have done understanding money because I don't really understand it. I know how to make it. I don't know how to invest it. And I'm happily married to a wonderful man that I trust completely. And I know that's not the empowerment piece that you want to hear from a strong woman. You know what? Making it is more than half the battle. Okay. So that's all said and good. But what I would tell my daughter is to just really be aware of it. And I would give her the same advice my father gave me. Plus, you know, as my father said, make sure you put really good food in your body, even if you can't afford it. And I would tell my daughter, make sure you spend the money on really good shoes and a watch and a belt. So whatever, don't skimp on those things that really matter. Invest in things that last a long time. And drink a lot of water. And drink a lot of water. And don't drive... You know, unless you have your seatbelt on. The new book is Beauty from the Inside Out. Thank you for doing this. Oh, so nice to see you. What a pleasure. It's really nice to see you, too. And we'll be right back. So that was fun. So much fun. Yeah. it's uh, She's a terrific person, in addition to being so inspiring and such a success. I'm such a big fan. I know. You guys were all geeking out. Yeah, we were. No, but like in having you two sit down together, it, you guys sound like old friends. We are old friends. You are old friends. Yeah, which I, I don't think I knew. I didn't know she did the beauty stuff for Today Show. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah, we did some work together for Dress for Success a while back. So, I mean, she did amazing amounts of work. I did a little bit of work, but we did for her 50th birthday. She wanted to raise a million dollars for Dress for Success, and she did it. That's incredible. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. So, anyway. Geeking out. All right. What do we have from our, our mailbag? And and just, by the way, I want to thank all of our listeners for our questions. We've been diving into Kelly and I, the the mailbox, and we just have hundreds of them, which is fabulous. So keep them coming. And our first question is from Shannon. My husband and I are in our mid-40s, and our daughter has two years of high school left. We've been saving in a 529 and currently have about 45000 saved. We're still saving. We've heard differing opinions about teenagers working and how it could affect FAFSA. Our daughter babysits regularly but doesn't have a part-time job. We figure we'll fill out the FAFSA but don't expect to get much help. If our daughter gets a part-time job, though, will it make it even harder to get any assistance? Does it matter? It really shouldn't matter. I mean, the amounts of money that we're talking about that kids earn typically at minimum wage at those part-time jobs are really not going to impact whether or not you get aid. She's referring to a difference in how money is treated for financial aid purposes, whether it belongs to the student or the parent. And the way financial aid formulas work, only about 5 or 6% of the parent's assets are meant to be used for college on an annual basis, but about a third of a child's assets. I wouldn't worry about it. And one big reason I wouldn't worry about it is that there are so many other fabulous benefits that come along with working when you're a teenager. You have a new appreciation for the value of money as soon as the light bulb goes off and you realize, oh, 
it cost me X hours of work to buy this T-shirt or this movie or this latte or whatever. So I'd say let her work. Next, we have one from Diane. Can you please explain the differences between an index fund and an ETF? I think an ETF is just an index fund that is tradable on the open market, but I don't quite understand what the point of that would be or how one would liquidate out of an index fund. Also, if you can buy and sell ETF shares, do you run the risk of trading at a higher price than the true value of the stocks in the ETF itself? She's right. ETFs are essentially the same basket. An S and P 500 ETF would be the same basket, but it trades like a stock. And there are a couple of differences between them. Fees and expenses are one of them. ETFs generally have a small advantage in that they are a little bit cheaper. Although index funds, compared to actively managed mutual funds, are cheaper because they are. Essentially run by a computer instead of a highly paid person. The other big difference is minimum investments. Just like you can buy a single share of stock, you can buy a single share of an ETF. Sometimes getting into an index fund means you have to deal with a higher minimum investments, and there are sometimes tax differences. People get hit with taxes on their mutual funds when they sell in and out of particular stocks, capital gains taxes. Index funds tend not to do that as often as actively managed funds, which is why you'll hear people say that index funds are tax efficient. ETFs are even more tax efficient than index funds. Bottom line, they're both good ideas. They're both low cost, tax efficient, easy to understand, and easy to own investments. So I hope that that answered that question. To her final question, she says, "Also, if you can buy and sell ETF shares, do you run the risk of trading at a higher price than the true value of the stocks in the ETF itself?" So, is that no? You shouldn't. Okay. And to her final point about whether you run the risk of trading at a higher price, you shouldn't have to worry about that. They should be reflective on a day-to-day basis of the stocks in the various indices and the computer sees to that. Thank you, and thank you, Diane, for that question. Yeah, good question, Diane. Our final question is a tweet from Millicent Coins at Cent Coins. She tweets at Jean Chatsky: Should I change my auto insurance coverage after I pay off my car? I have full coverage on a 2010 Chevy and hope to save some money. Well, you certainly can change your coverage, and if you're changing your coverage in hopes of saving some money, there are just a couple of things to look at. First, bumping up your deductible—that's the quickest way to save a big amount of money. If you've got enough money to fix your car, should something happen to it, should it get into a fender bender, and you can stomach a thousand-dollar deductible or a twenty-five hundred-dollar deductible, that policy is going to be much, much cheaper to own than if you have a five hundred-dollar deductible. But the other thing that I think she's talking about here is whether you want to drop collision coverage entirely, which people sometimes do on older cars. I'd say look at your own track record of things like fender benders, and look at how much you're going to save by dropping that portion of the coverage. It may not be as much as you think. Great, thank you, Jean. Thank you, Kelly. And as we head into this week's Thrive segment, I want to just ask everybody when the last time was that they checked their credit score, and that's because. 
On the first of July, about 12 million consumers were in line for a pop in their score of about 10 to 40 points for doing. Absolutely nothing. So let me just explain, and and there's a little bit of credit speak in here, but I'll tell you a story that I hope will illuminate it for you. Years and years and years ago, about the time as I was talking with Bobby that I was living in Brooklyn, paying rent of four hundred dollars a month, I applied for the AT and T Universal credit card. It was a very popular credit card at the time, and I was turned down. And I was yes, Kelly's making a face. I was. Mortified because I thought, all right, am I doing that much wrong? Well, the answer is no. I wasn't doing that much wrong. I wasn't doing that much right at the time either. If I'm being totally truthful, but I pulled my credit report, which was a lot harder to do back then. You actually had to write for it in the mail, and I found another person who had my name. That'll tell you how long ago it was. My name was Jean Sherman at the time, and this woman had a lien on her house, and it showed up on my report. So I got denied. Well, that is not going to happen anymore. Credit bureaus have basically decided that they are not going to include tax liens and judgments from credit reports if they don't have enough data supporting those liens and judgments to show that they actually belong to you. So right now, they're going to need your full name, your address, and either your social security number or your date of birth in order for those things to get included on your credit report. And so that's really good for people whose scores will rise because there is faulty information on their reports. There is a little downside that we want to tell everybody about too. The problem with removing all of these liens and judgments is that if you remove them from people who actually deserve to have them on their reports, it can cost the lenders money because these people actually are much more likely to default on their debts and five times more likely to default on a mortgage. So we could all wind up paying additional money for that. The bottom line. If you have not pulled your credit report in a while, pull it. You got nothing to lose. It's at annualcreditreport.com. Everybody gets one free credit report from each of the three major credit bureaus: TransUnion, Experian, and Equifax, once a year. And if you do find information that doesn't belong to you, whether or not it has to do with a lien or a judgment, go ahead and dispute it. Immediately. So, thanks so much for joining me today on Her Money. Thank you to Bobby Brown for a great conversation. I really, really enjoyed that. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show at iTunes. Please leave us a review. We want to know what you think. We'd also like to thank our sponsor, Fidelity. Our music is provided by Track Tribe. Our show comes to you through PRX. And join us next week when my friend Karen Austin will be here. Bobby and I were talking a little bit about meditation and mindfulness. Karen is going to teach us how, and she says it has more to do with money than you might think. We'll talk soon.